to the Churn, a fantasy football podcast where we churn through the fantasy football headlines so you don't have to. Got a solo show tonight. It's me, Connor. Uh, follow me on Twitter at ConnorBods underscore FF. Um, it's just me this week. Joe is going to be away for the next week or so. Um, so you guys are just going to have to listen to me. So hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Um, but yeah, just to jump right into things, I think kind of the biggest thing we need to talk about from week two are the injuries that occurred and that are going to be affecting us going into week three. Um, some of these are pretty important, so I'm just going to give you guys a rundown of the ones that I think are probably going to be the most important. Um, I think number one, Andy Dalton is, he is out, officially out. Matt Nagy finally said they will be starting Justin Fields. Very, very excited to see him get his opportunity to play. I am concerned that Nagy might not run a real offense for him and just keep it very, very basic, keep it to the quote-unquote Justin Fields package that he's been talking about so far all season. But just very, very interested to see how he plays uh, with Mooney, with Allen Robinson, with Montgomery, um, and see if we start to get more production out of the Bears' offense. Obviously, the offensive line isn't great, but you got to think a guy who's mobile like Fields will be able to kind of handle that a little bit better um, than a guy like Andy Dalton will. Uh, sticking with quarterbacks, we got a couple uh, more injuries to talk about there. Carson Wentz, two sprained ankles. It's not official yet. I am leaning that he's going to be out. That would be what my gut tells me, but they're not confirming that he's out this week. So they seem to think he has a shot to play, so we will see if he actually does. Um, Tua Tungabayola. I just butchered that last name. I'm sorry for all the Dolphins fans who are listening. Um, someone can teach me how to properly pronounce I've never tried to actually pronounce it out loud. So, yeah, uh, but he's out. Took a kind of a nasty hit. That offensive line for Miami really, really stinks. Um, they're going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost just said Oakland. This week, week three, um, just as a little preview for some DFS stuff, I really like the Raiders' defense this week. I think they are able to get after the quarterback with Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, and I think that the Miami offensive line just really, really stinks right now. Tua, he's out. I, I'm benching all Dolphins this weekend. If I have Gaskin and I need to start him, I will, just because he's, he's on the field about 60% of the time right now, and so... That's pretty good volume um, for running backs. So if you have Gaskin, I think you're playing him. Otherwise, I'm not. I don't feel confident really starting any of the other Dolphins. Darrell Henderson from the Rams has been missing practice. Now, they won't really say if he is or is not playing. I am leaning towards him probably being out just because it's a rib injury. Um but we will see. Sticking with running backs, Dalvin Cook has missed practice Wednesday and Thursday. This one I am a little bit concerned about. I would definitely monitor it. Um, Zimmer said, though, if he's active, he's going to play and he's going to touch the ball a lot. So I think that's something where if you have Cook, hopefully you have Madison. If Cook is out, you swap it over to Madison. But if if Cook plays, I mean, you're starting him. He's at that level of McCaffrey, Kamara, just one of those guys who, if healthy, you're playing, you're not really thinking about it. Um, that's just one that I would uh, keep an eye on going up into the week. They could just be giving him uh, just a couple veteran days off. Um, let's see here. Next bit, we have DeAndre Hopkins, who was out of practice this week uh, on Thursday. 
I, it's very, very weird because they are playing the Jags, so they might think, hey, we don't really need Hopkins. Let's just make sure he's he's rested up and safe. Um, that's one I would pay attention to, his practice status Friday. If he does not practice Friday, I am fully concerned and would be uh, just prepared to have a backup plan in place in case he is uh, inevitably ruled out. Um, Lamar Jackson was absent from practice today, had a bit of a stomach bug. Today's Thursday when I'm recording it, so he missed Thursday practice. The stomach bug, not COVID, um, but we'll see. I, I'm not super concerned about that. Lamar has shown that he's been able to play through other illnesses when out there on the field. Um, some of you guys might remember that primetime game last year where he had to run into the bathroom. So I think that he'll be okay. Um, and then finally, T. Higgins. Sounds like he's probably going to be out this week. Uh, I think Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd, you got to fire up if that's true. Um, yeah, and then Josh Jacobs, who was out this weekend, he was in a non-contact jersey of practice today, but was listed as did not practice. Um, I don't know how to feel about that one. That's another one where I'm paying attention to what they're saying on Friday. I, I think he would play. That would be my that would be my guess right now, but I, I don't really have. Um, that's just kind of my gut feeling. So keep an eye on that for Friday, see what's happening, and just be prepared to be able to pivot if needed. Um, but now just wanted to get into some of the games from the weekend and some of the big takeaways that I had. So I think number one from a fantasy perspective, the 49ers right now feel like they have just like bamboozled every single fantasy player. Um, me included, uh, on this podcast, we have really, really pushed Brandon Ayuk. Um, he's a guy who Joe and I really, really liked coming into the season, and we still do like now, but it's just been really, really weird. He has one catch through two games. Um, right now in redraft, I'm not cutting Ayuk, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on him, and I'm not starting him. I'm putting him on the bench, but I, I can't bring myself to cut a guy like that. He was second. And percentage of snaps behind Debo. Debo was playing 70 this weekend. Ayuk 54%. And then Sherfield 34%. So they're playing, like Ayuk's on the field. I would like to see him up closer to that Debo level of 70%. But I, I just can't bring myself to cut him just yet. But I, I'm not loving the 49ers in general just based on their, it just, even Kittle has kind of been disappointing. Now he's out there on the field. He's played 100% in the snaps this weekend. He's, he just only had four targets. They're not pushing the ball downfield, and that's what you get with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't think they're going to go to Trey Lance anytime soon. They're 2-0. and They really don't have a reason to, but I just don't really like any of the Niners pass catchers right now. Running back-wise, too, all those guys are hurt. Um, I'm just looking to see what the most recent news was, but it seems like that Elijah Mitchell. He was also out of practice this week. They've signed two guys off the street. Trey Sermon is trending towards playing, coming off a concussion. Jermichael Hasty likely to sit. Uh, look, if Mitchell plays, I wouldn't feel great about starting him. Um, but if you're in a pinch and you're in a situation where you need to start a guy, I'd probably start Mitchell. If I had to start Sermon and he was playing, I would, I would start him as well, but I would try to stay away from that backfield as much as possible just till we get a little bit more clarity. You guys are more than welcome to take a chance on them in, in DFS, and if you hit on the right Niners back, that could help win you the week. Um, but I just am not taking that chance in any of my leagues. Kittle, in general, uh, boy. I mean, you're starting him if you drafted him. Um 
But yeah, not, not feeling great so far when you're seeing what some of the other tight ends are doing in the league. Um, next up, we got the Saints. Uh, for as good as Jameis played week one, he played about that badly week two. Do I think that he's as good as he was in week one? No. Do I think he's as bad as he was in week two? No. I think he's probably somewhere in the middle. I think that the big thing that I am feeling burnt on by the Saints has been Marquez Callaway. I'm not giving up just yet, but he's a guy where if he doesn't produce again this week, I'm I'm totally okay cutting him. He's on the field. He's played 84% of snaps and 73% of snaps, which are pretty good numbers for kind of what Callaway is. But I just don't feel great right now about the Saints. Kamara is Kamara. You're starting him no matter what. He's gonna have some big weeks coming up. Um, I think Troutman could be a guy in a pinch at tight end if you need a guy who might catch a touchdown. That's him. Um, but just right now, we haven't seen the big yardage totals yet from the Saints, and just interested to see kind of when that's going to happen. Moving on, um, Sunday Night Football was an awesome game between the Ravens and the Chiefs, and I think that there's some pretty big takeaways to be had about both. Um, I will start first with the Chiefs. I think number one, Clyde Edwards-Elair, who I said could potentially be the running back one. Uh, not looking too great. That's looking like a take that's going to age very poorly. I will own that one. I didn't think it was likely he could he would be the running back one, but I thought that it was within his realm of possibilities. I, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> He will say, I will say, in his defense, they have played against two very difficult run defenses with the Ravens as well as the Browns. Those are two of the hardest ones to match up against. Um, I just, the passing volume for him, even this week with Tyreek being shadowed and double teamed like the entire game, I am surprised they did not throw the ball more to him. Um, if he magically starts getting the pass work and more and more targets, yeah, I, I would like CEH a lot more. I just think when you have a guy like Mahomes and you have Tyreek and you have Kelsey, like you're not really going to be in a situation where you're needing to check down like how Drew Brees was in his last couple of years or some of these older quarterbacks who maybe aren't as mobile, don't have as strong of an arm. Those guys will check it down. Mahomes doesn't really need to, um, and it's definitely hurting the value of Edwards Lair and kind of what he brings to the table. I will say he's the running back one in particular what has the potential to be the highest scoring offense in the NFL, which traditionally is always valuable. We just need him to either start getting the passing work or getting touchdowns so he could start returning running back to value. But right now, I mean, he's a flex at best. Um, obviously, Tyreek didn't do great this weekend. I don't know how many teams have, like, the ability to do what the Ravens did. The Ravens are every single year one of the best defenses in the league just scheme wise it doesn't matter who's out there they always perform and I think that they I mean it was pretty clear what they were doing it's just hey we're gonna let everybody else try to beat us Kelsey had an incredible touchdown catch but you saw it Clyde Edwards Elaire fumbled and Lamar played out of his mind in the second half so I'm not concerned about the Chiefs at all I think CEH is going to be annoying to own as a fantasy owner Tyreek I'm not worried about it at all I just don't think many teams have the ability to be able to afford to double-team Tyreek Hill and just let Travis Kelsey feast in the middle of the field. Um, on the other side of the ball, though, Lamar Jackson, I thought has looked, well, he looked very good, I thought, in week two. Um, so far this year, he's thrown for more yards in the first two games each than he did in all the three games last year. 
He's not gonna. He's never gonna be a guy who averages 300 yards a game. That's just not who he is. But if he can consistently be between that 230, 260 mark, he will help you win games and win a lot of them just based on his running totals too. So, like for example, like week two, he outscored every game he had from 2020 except for one, which he outscored by like he missed it by less than a point. So. Last year was kind of a down year, I would say, for Lamar, and he was still a top ten quarterback. Um, so I think the again the the sky's the limit for Lamar. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be like the runaway quarterback one and help win you a championship like 2019 Lamar did. But I think it's a guy who you could feel a lot better about um, starting every single week, and you probably drafted. There were probably a few other quarterbacks who went ahead of him. Who I don't think will be finishing ahead of Lamar. Um, let's see here. When it comes to his pass catchers, Hollywood, Marquise Hollywood Brown. I am tentative to say this, but he has looked very, very good so far. Um, from week 12 last year up until week 12 now, we, sorry, week two, he has had at least 12 PPR points in every single one of those games. That's eight games. 12 and a half or 12, 12 points or more. Sorry, I can't talk. Now, of those eight weeks, five of them, he was over 15. So, for me, Hollywood is really kind of starting to put things together. He's always had the speed. He's always been a really good player and just a guy who you need to actually get the ball to. And I think last year, Lamar struggled doing that. And that was part of the pains that we've dealt with. But, yeah, I mean... Hollywood had 10 targets against Kansas City. Now, I don't think that's going to be likely to continue just based on, in general, the Ravens just want to run the ball. But if if Hollywood is going to be getting eight targets a game, he's going to keep this up. He's going to keep continuing to be a guy who you could start every single week as a wide receiver too, if not, probably not better than a wide receiver too, but a guy who you could feel comfortable putting out there. And, I mean, he just has the speed too where – I think he, one of these games, he's really, really going to explode and just completely, like, help you win a week. Um, but, yeah. So, that was it on the Ravens. A um, little bit earlier in the afternoon on Sunday, we had Kyler. Kyler Murray just continuing to do what he does, which is just make people look silly, make people look stupid. I think pound for pound, he's the most fun player in the league to watch. I, I don't even think it's close right now. Um, there's really no one like him. And when he's healthy, we saw this last year too, Kyler can break fantasy football, just the way how he plays. Because you saw it, um, he's thrown for over 300 yards, I believe. I think he hit 400 this past weekend. I'm just bringing up his stats right now. Um, but for a guy who can run like he can and then throw for as many yards as he does, like it's really just unfair. So, yeah, he threw for 400 this weekend. He threw for 289 last week with four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, when Kyler is clicking, he has the potential. He, he's going to be a quarterback one most weeks. Like, not top 10 quarterback, but like the number one quarterback on the week most of the time, whenever he's healthy. Um, sticking with the Cardinals, Rondale Moore is really starting to blow up and is one of these guys who I'm seeing a ton of hype for. I love him myself. I have him in a dynasty league and I'm super, super stoked. I have him in the Kyler stack and I'm loving that outlook going forward. Just when it comes to redraft, I might pump the brakes just a little bit. 
Um, he's played less than 50% of the snaps both games. Now, he's definitely trending in the right direction. Week one, he played 29% of snaps. Week two, he played 46% of snaps. I personally cannot bring myself to start him yet in redraft, and I also think he's going to be so crazy highly owned in daily that I'm just going to hold off for another week. Now, if he makes me look stupid and he goes absolutely bananas this week, um, yeah, I'm all in then on Rondale Moore, and it's probably a guy you just need to be starting because of as long as Kyler's healthy, I think Rondale Moore has the potential to be special. Um, but, yeah, I just I can't bring myself to start him uh, in week three. Now, if Hopkins is out, that changes everything, and I think I would really consider starting him um, where I have him. Let's see. So I hit on the Raiders a little bit earlier talking about their defense, but their offense right now is actually pretty like impressive too. I mean, they're 2 and 0. They've beaten the Ravens, beaten the Steelers, and Carr right now is throwing for over 800 yards in two games. Um he's leading the league in yardage. And I think right, the biggest beneficiary obviously is Darren Waller. Darren Waller is just going to continue to be an animal and probably going to push Travis Kelsey to be the tight end one and you probably got him like a round later so good value if you have Darren Waller but a guy who I like is actually Henry Ruggs um same type of deal as Hollywood where it's never going to be a target hog but what he's shown so far I think has been kind of impressive and just a name of a guy like he's just a guy who I would right now want to keep an eye on He's played two-thirds of the snap so far for the Raiders. Um, and last year, he had two games with five targets. The other 14 games, he was under that. So he only had two games with five targets. So far this season, he has 12 through two games. So he's at seven and five. So he's pretty much... Like, if he keeps this up, if he's at five targets a game, he's, he's going to continue to produce. He's such a playmaker. He is so fast. If they are just forcing the ball downfield to him... He's going to hit. Now, is it going to be every single week? No. But if I'm in a situation where I'm looking for a high upside guy to have on my bench so I can fill it in during injuries or during bye weeks, I, I like Ruggs. So if Ruggs is still available in your league, I would just maybe go take a glance over at him, take a look, um, see if that's a guy who could potentially just help your team in the coming weeks once we got the uh, the bye weeks ramping up and injuries uh, tend to uh, take a little bit more of a toll when we get to the middle of the season. But yeah, so that's it for the Raiders. And then going over to a uh, another classic NFL team, the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard are becoming more and more of a timeshare. And I think people are freaking out about this. I don't think I would be. Um, I mean, if you have Zeke, you if, you if you're a Zeke manager, you're definitely a little bit disappointed seeing this Pollard usage. But look, Zeke is always going to get that valuable work on the goal line. That's where he's going to thrive compared to Pollard and it makes more sense from a real life fantasy perspective sorry a real life football perspective to be using both guys how they are Pollard is more explosive right now but you can't run him between the tackles he's not as good at pass blocking he's not as powerful of a back so Zeke is going to be using him going to be used in pass protection they're going to use him for the tough hard yards they're going to use him on the goal line because that's where he thrives Pollard looks better and pops more because he's more explosive and they draw plays more specifically for him. Zeke, week one played 84% of snaps. Week two played 71% of snaps. Pollard, 24% week one, 34% week two. I think I might bump down Zeke just a little bit from being that top tier running back one to maybe like a lower level 
Running back one, I probably feel the same about him as I do Nick Chubb, guy who has a very um, productive backup, but at the end of the day is still the focal point of that run game, but will frustrate you at times because he's not getting like those 20 carries a game like he probably hasn't, well, that he has had in the past and has been very successful with. Um, yeah, I mean, Pollard is going to continue to be heavily involved in the passing game as well, just as long as uh, Michael Gallup is out. CeeDee Lamb is still incredible. That play right before halftime was, oh, my God, I wish it that. If, if that play had, like, worked, the pitch play that they ran, it would have been insane. If you had missed it, it just won, it's just a cool play. Like, rather than running the Hail Mary, you're seeing more and more teams now running laterally, um, sideline to sideline, and running all the pitch plays almost like rugby. And one of them is going to hit. One of these teams, it's really going to work out, and it's just going to be so much fun to see. Um, yeah, so that's it for the show this week, pretty much. Um, obviously, a little bit on the shorter side. But, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at ConnorBods underscore FF. We are at the churn FF, and Joe is at JDFran14. Give us a follow. Um, let us know if you think our takes might be wrong or if you want to make fun of us for or me specifically for my Clyde Edwards Elair take go for it um yeah so I'll say it since Joe's not here uh remember folks you set your lineups leagues